employee experience is, especially in many small businesses, something that's not fully understood. And so I thought that this was a great article to talk about on the show and also define what some of the stages are. Are you a business leader looking for strategies and tactics to help you navigate leadership and HR challenges as you scale? Each week on While We Were Working, we bring you our 35 plus years of experience doing exactly this for companies just like yours. For more game-changing HR and leadership insights and to connect with us, check us out at whilewewereworking.com. Hey, what's going on? And thank you for tuning into another episode of While We Were Working. This is episode 14, and we cover all things small business HR so that you can perform better in your role as a people leader in a small business or startup. This week, we are talking about why employee experience needs to be a top priority in 2022 and everybody's favorite conversation, I-9s, I-9 audits, and lessons we've learned from the trenches. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Summer Keytron. Say hey, Summer. Hi, Joey. Hey, everybody out there. Thanks for joining us today. All right. So glad you're here. Let's go ahead and jump in with Hilo Buffalo. Sure thing. So for those of you just joining us, Hilo Buffalo is where we talk about the high, the low, and the buffalo, which is totally something random about our week. It could be work and personal, and it's just a little way for us to share something about what's going on in our world that we can learn a little bit about each other and you can learn a little bit about us. So let's go ahead and dive into the high of my week. Absolutely an adulting win. I bought a Roomba and Joey, I actually have to say a part of this I blame you for because we were having a conversation a couple months ago about an incident, shall we say, that happened with my prior robot vacuum and a pet I'll let the listeners out there kind of do the math on that one, but we'll just say it was a poop catastrophe. And there's a Roomba that actually has object avoidance, shall we say? And so I finally bought one. I'm super excited. It has been absolutely incredible. And and here's the kicker: it not only does all of the vacuuming, but it empties itself. So I may never vacuum again. Wow, that's great. That's great. And um, yeah, there was a. I don't know if that made it to an episode or if we were just chit chatting. But um, no, that's been a, a, a nice running joke on our team about that uh, about that incident. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, I know I'm not the only one. So. Uh, you know, definitely an adulting win, though, to be able to uh, to be able to pick one of those up. And, you know, my low is that, oh, my gosh, where the heck has February gone? It's like I blinked and here we are, um, you know, here in the world of consulting, you know, short months. We have the same amount of deliverables to get done in a shorter amount of time. So it's definitely a sprint right now. Uh, but that sprint takes me into my Buffalo, which is. Today is National Margarita Day. So, I mean, that's that's also a high as well. But I thought, you know, for those of you out there that may not know, take advantage of it. National Margarita Day is an awesome day to celebrate. And my favorite margarita is actually a passion fruit margarita. So if you haven't had one of those, I definitely recommend that you try it. So 
that sums up my HLB. Uh, Joey, how about yours? Wait, Summer. So you're telling me it's National Margarita Day on Taco Tuesday? Uh, <laughs> you have to. You you have to. Anyone listening and watching, you have to celebrate with your margarita, your tacos, maybe some nachos as well. And uh, shout out to um, the best month ever having National Margarita Day. I'll tell you why it's the best month ever because it's my birth month. And uh, my high is that tomorrow I actually get to go to a, uh, a John Mayer concert here in D.C. Super excited to see live music again in a safe environment. So I can't be more thrilled. And I don't know if you all listen to music like I do, but Yeba is on the bill as well. And she's one of my favorite artists. So it's like a two for one. Um, <laughs> but uh, really enjoy myself. Um, can't wait. My low for this week, uh, I don't really have a low, so I'll just skip that one. My buffalo is I want to shout out. I always am shouting out voices this month that you should be paying attention to in the uh, diversity space for HR. Sarah Morgan is great. She's also a fellow member of uh, the Workforce Institute at UKG. Um, she's a writer, consultant, uh, and does some really good things in the space for uh, equity for uh gender and racial equity in workplaces. So if you're interested in that sort of work and want to hear another great voice, go check her out. All right. Now we're going to get into while we were working. And while we were working is our way of giving you news that you need to know that you may not have paid attention to. Why? Because you were busy working. And that's okay. That's why you tune into the show every week. So this week we're talking about an article from HR Morning. And the author is uh, Derek McIntyre. He's an HR expert contributor. He writes an article headlined, Why the Employee Experience Needs to Be a Top Priority in 2022. Now, Summer, we are experts. We could talk shop about this all the time. Um, and we do, honestly. <laughs> but, but for our audience, could you kind of set this up to say, you know, well, what is an employee experience? And how are you seeing it in different aspects of businesses that we work with? Absolutely. I think that employee experience is, especially in many small businesses, something that's not fully understood. And so I thought that this was a great article uh, to talk about on the show and also define what some of the stages are so that companies can take some really important information uh, from the show and then start focusing on what does that look like within their organization so that they can make it a priority as well. So when we talk about employee experience, we aren't talking about how long they've worked in the profession or uh, how long they've worked at the company. This is actually workers' perceptions about their journey through the company from start to finish and what they encounter and what they observe during that time. And so when we think about employee experience, there's actually five stages that have specifically been defined. And the first one is the recruitment stage. So the employee experience during the recruitment stage is all steps that lead to hiring that new employee, including job ads, the interview process, and the offer. So companies want to be thinking about what is that journey for that individual and what is the company currently doing and what 
can they do differently to make it easier, faster, and more enjoyable? The second stage is onboarding. So that's the ramp up to become a fully productive team member and bringing that individual into the company and getting them connected with the brand. The third stage is development. And this is where you're helping your employees grow their skills, see their potential within the company, and ideally help them grow. And this is an area that I see a lot of companies actually missing the mark on because they're, you know, they're focused on recruitment, understandably, they're focused on onboarding, but then they get really busy and I think lose focus of how important it is to work on this development to help their team members achieve the highest level of their potential. And when they miss the mark here, unfortunately, their team members leave. Um, so that that kind of takes us to the fourth stage, which is that retention. And that is when employees are fully ramped, inspiring them to stay connected to the brand and the company vision. And then the last stage is, of course, the exit process. So while you hope that you never get there, companies need to ensure that that employee experience all the way through that departure that is still a positive experience. And so I know I've covered quite a bit in like such a short amount of time, but when we talk about employee experience, there are definitely steps that companies can take and tools that they can use to improve it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Joey, about like, why is it a priority and what are companies doing and can they be doing to improve in these areas? Thanks, Summer. And uh, you just gave a masterclass on employee experience one-on-one. So if, if you're listening to this and it's new to you, uh, circulate this episode with your team so that you're able to have conversations about, you know, where are we, are we killing it? And where might we need to improve upon the areas that employee experience shows up in our organization? Uh, and it's incredibly important. I want to paint the picture for you uh, Let's say you walk into a restaurant or a coffee shop. I like coffee, so we're going to run with coffee. Let's say you walk into a coffee shop and, um, you know, it's, 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 they've got a really great advertisement online. Maybe you came in with a coupon and you said, hey, I want to try this place out for the very first time. Uh, but you go in and the first thing you notice is that it smells awful, right? Okay, so it smells awful and you're like, uh, I don't know, but they're offering buy one, get one free. So I'm willing to press through this journey to get my free coffee and share it with a friend. But you get up to the counter and uh, they're rude. All right. So that's another interaction that you have. And then uh, you get to the checkout and you're ready to use your coupon. And the person at the checkout says, I'm sorry, this uh, coupon isn't valid. You, you can't use it. That is what we would call a terrible customer experience. But the reality is our employees have experiences as well and you want to ensure that you're doing everything within your possibility to improve upon those to make sure that they're having great employee experiences. And, and here's why. I think every episode we, we mentioned the great resignation, the great uh, reconsideration, uh, the great migration, whatever you want to call it, whatever framing works. Employees are saying not only are we fed up, but we're going to do something about it. We're going to change jobs. We're going to resign. We're going to leave the workforce. We're going to start a business. And so if you're looking to uh, have the least disruption to your business, 
um, from people walking away, you need to make it a better place for them to stay. So it's incredibly important. Summer touched on all of the areas where employee experience matters, but just reflecting on my experience in working in organizations, I can pretty much tell from the proposal meeting or the sales conversation that I'm having with customers, whether they have a great employee experience or not. And our mantra around here is uh, we work with winners. <laughs> so even your vendors, even your partners, even your, your customers are going to get a sense for the employee experience in your organization. And they're probably making decisions around it. I can think about when COVID was f- first a thing. Um, Obviously, everyone shut down, but then measures were put in place so that we can try to jumpstart life and get it back to normal. And um, one of the things that I felt really good about was driving through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and seeing that the employees had like big jugs of hand sanitizer. They were socially distanced. They were spread out. Um, If they were in the elements, they had jackets, they had uh, heaters. So I could tell and I felt good spending my money there because um, I knew that if they care about their employees, they're going to care about us, the customer. And um, so we spent a lot of money there. I got two kids. They love French fries and they love chicken nuggets. So that's where a lot of a lot of our money goes. But that is just one example of the importance of employee experience and how others are viewing your employee experience as well. Um, so I just wanted to tee that up. I could spend the whole podcast talking about it, but that's just a quick, a quick instance. Summer, what do you think? I think you've done a great job, Joey, in explaining why it's important. And in circling back to this article, one of the key messages, one of the key takeaways is not only to make employee experience a priority, but one of the ways that you can do it is by making your employees' jobs easier. So utilizing technology, for example, for scheduling, for self-service activities, for things that there's currently uh, some sort of hindrance or barrier, think about your processes and how you can make them more efficient because that's going to improve your employee experience. So I think we've covered quite a bit on this topic and we have a very exciting consultants corner. So I think we dive on into that and share with our audience some really exciting discussions surrounding I-9s. All right, great. This is While We Were Working and our consultants corner. Consultants corner is when we talk about conversations, ideas, and stories from the trenches about what we're seeing in business, as well as we are able to get your questions about topics that you want us to cover on a future show. If you do have a question that you want us to talk about in Consultants Corner, make sure that you email us at hello at jumpstart-hr.com and we're able to give you an update on when we're going to run that question. So this episode, we are talking about uh, I-9s, Uh, internal I-9 audits, paper versus electronic, the timing of it, just kind of a quick primary Q&A of best practices around I-9. So, Summer, I think you had a a fun story that you wanted to tell about your past life working with I-9s before Jumpstart. Could you share with the audience what what that story is? 
Absolutely. Well, I don't know that I would call it a fun story, but I would definitely say that it was an experience that I learned quite a bit from. And it was very much a team bonding experience, too. So a little bit of background to this. A number of years ago, I actually worked with a restaurant chain that had over 45 employees uh, spread out across the U.S. in over 200 locations. And this company had all of their iodines on paper. And of course, they uh, were completed in you know, the 200 or so locations by different managers. So when we conducted an internal audit, of course, with so many different people doing them in the restaurant industry, there's a lot of turnover. Um, so you know, despite training, there's still mistakes that were being made. We realized that you know, we had to complete an internal audit you know, for 4,500 paper I-9s. And uh, you can only imagine the amount of work that went into that. So we we started this audit initially on our own, just, you know, to manage risk and make sure that we were, you know, not open to, you know, exposure by just uh, ignoring it. And it took us quite a long time. Shout out to the team uh, who worked on this. Um, Rex, if you're listening, you were a total rock star. But the long and short of this story is that we ultimately were visited by ICE, who conducted an on-site audit. And in preparation for that, um, there was a ton of work that had to be done. And you know there was over $10 million in potential fines on the line. So you know, we we had to get this right. And, you know, to give credit to the team for how much work they did to this is like definitely not saying enough. But I'm happy to say that we did navigate that internal audit with zero fines. Uh, but at the end of it, we were voluntold uh, that we needed to go on to e-verify so that there was higher visibility in regards to, you know, work authorization. So some of the biggest lessons that I learned from this is number one, like companies need to make internal audits for their I-9s part of their regular process. So, you know, just doing them when an employee is hired or needs to be re-verified is just not enough. Uh, so that's number one. I recommend that companies, you know, review all of their files. They, you know, create a spreadsheet of all of the issues and then essentially create a checklist to go down and correct all of them. Number two is when working with small businesses and doing the internal audits here at Jumpstart, one of the biggest issues that I see is actually, um, there's a few, but one is just not completing the I-9 in full within 72 hours. So it's really important that companies make that a priority. The second thing that I would mention is, um, this is where companies can get in trouble is letting employees know, well, um, just bring us your passport or bring us your driver's license and your social security card. And you actually can't do that. It's really important that you show them the I-9 form list and just say, you know, here's the list. Um, these are the documents that we can accept. Please bring documents of your choice. So those are just kind of two nuggets that I, I wanted to drop. But if you're a larger company or you don't really have the bandwidth to make sure that these are done timely, consider using an electronic I-9 system. So that company that I mentioned that had thousands of them, we moved to a system called Tracker I-9 Complete. It was a total lifesaver, allowed us to monitor the status of completion, expirations, 
electronically. And, you know, I think is definitely the direction that I see a lot of companies going. So I know I've said a lot in a short amount of time about I-9s, but Joey, you've been doing I-9s for a long time. I'm sure you've seen issues as well. So I'm curious to know, like, what issues do you see companies having and what recommendations do you have in terms of some best practices? Yeah. uh, Again, Summer, you you laid out a masterclass and uh, we should start charging for this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but but no. In all seriousness, um, th- this is the type of stuff that we do in our consulting practice. So if you're interested in working with us to handle these tactical things and strategic, um, because it's a part of your strategic uh, play, uh, making sure that HR is not a financial risk uh, to your organization. So uh, definitely reach out to us at jumpstart-hr.com/contact. My thing with I nines, there's two: is not taking them as seriously. Uh, as he should. Um, so thinking that, oh, it's just a piece of paperwork. Who's ever going to know? Or what's the big deal? It's just a sheet of paper. We don't have to turn it into the government, you know. Um, so so people underestimate its importance. Um, the second is uh, just to your point that you mentioned earlier about telling people what documents to bring. You do have to give people the ability to select what documents they're going to bring. You cannot tell them. You might encourage and say, hey, as an example, these are some of the list A documents, list B documents, list C documents. But you cannot say we only take, as an example, your driver's license and uh, social security card. That's against the law. So those are the big things. I'll go a little bit further uh, for organizations that maybe um, sponsor individuals, like on visas, um, is knowing when to go back and recertify. So if there are documents that expire, um, whether a travel visa or a school visa, if they uh, need to migrate from one visa class to another, um, just setting those dates and reminders of when to go in and uh, update that information. Um, That's what I got there. These are the tricky things that, you know, we typically, in, in bigger firms, and I know because because that's kind of where I got my start, is uh, we give the paperwork to, like, the entry-level person. But the truth is the accuracy of that data is so important that it will impact you on the corporate level um, or the leadership level if it's wrong. And so I love that um, you mentioned E-Verify. I think that every firm should sign up for E-Verify and be a part of it. Is because it helps make the process a little easier and you already know that you're in compliance and you have that kind of um, proof that the documentation that you've been given is real. Summer, could you touch a little bit on E-Verify, what it is? And for those who don't know, it's a free tool from the government, but could you share some experience with it? Sure thing. So E-Verify, first I should mention, uh, is only a requirement for companies that have uh, government contracts that um, that require e-verify and then there are some states that have decided uh, that all companies are required to be on e-verify but for everybody else it's voluntary so for those of you that are in the voluntary category you know as joey mentioned it's definitely something to consider But I will also add to that, that if you're considering it, that you proceed with caution. So while it is a valuable tool, 
Um, and that tool is intended to confirm that the documents that are being presented actually match the government records. So as Joey said, if you go through E-Verify and you get an employment authorized, then you know with great certainty that this individual is who they're saying they are and that they're eligible to work in the U.S. So without E-Verify, um, the individual completing the I-9 form is tasked with reviewing the documents, uh, making their best assessment that they are uh, legitimate, and then signing that attestation. So E-Verify essentially does that approval process for you. But the reason that I say proceed with caution is because while it's a very valuable tool, if you don't use it as intended, and what I mean by that is, remember those deadlines that I said regarding the 72 hours and, and having it all done timely? If you don't, you're now connected to government systems and they're being alerted anytime you're either not completing them timely or not closing the case, which is kind of the very last step in the E-Verify process is after you get an employment authorized, you actually have to close it out just to say like totally done. And if not, then this sends up red flags in their system. And now you're going to start getting nasty ground messages and anything in regards to the government contacting you about I-9s is never a good thing. So my word of advice here is E-Verify is great. But make sure that when you sign up, you are prepared to give it the time and attention that it needs. Yep. Once you once you turn that faucet on, you can't turn it off. Right. Right. All right. So um, we, I think we've we've covered quite a bit of ground here, and um, I want to kind of just tie it into the the mission of our organization of creating optimal joy and productivity at work. You know, we started off talking about employee experience, and so it's pretty straightforward about why you would want to have a great employee experience. But with regard to the I-9s and the I-9 processes, part of a great employee experience for your um, the team that may be completing the I-9s and even for the onboarding employees that have to produce the documents is that uh, you want to show that your company um, is efficient, that they're that you're effective, that you have processes thought out, and they're they're compliant, but they're also um, I don't want to use fun as a as a term, but that it's easy, it's easy to complete. And so, if you have any questions about how to make your onboarding experience uh, better, more broadly speaking, because the I nine component is a part of that, or if you have questions about the compliance piece and how you can help reduce the financial risk that your HR operations can bring to your organization, um, you should reach out and give us a call or, uh, or visit us online at jumpstart-hr.com. Uh, so Summer, you got any parting thoughts that you want to share about the topics we covered today? I think we've covered quite a bit. I'd love to hear some feedback from our listeners and for those of you that are joining us live on LinkedIn. So let us know what you thought about this episode. We'd love your feedback and uh, want to talk about topics that you have interest in. So make sure that you drop those in the comments and we look forward to discussing those on future shows. All right. This has been uh, episode 14 of While We Were Working, powered by Jumpstart. If you have missed episodes, you can check us out at whilewewereworking.com, as well as on podcast outlets like Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And you can catch our live show every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern on my LinkedIn channel.
Um, it's just Joey Price. Uh, go ahead and connect with me, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to see that too. So until next time, see you next week. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, everyone. For more HR strategies that will take your company to the next level, visit whilewewereworking.com.